This is the pain train Preston Quinn, one half of the Extreme Horseman. And when I want to hear music and entertainment, I come right here. You're listening to On the Fly with Stevie and Warden. You are listening to On the Fly. What's up, guys? On the fly is back again. With me tonight is, of course, Mr. Warden over here. And we're going to have a special guest in just a few minutes that's coming in. We're tying in with our 80s. We've been doing a lot of 80s talk here lately. And uh, tying in tonight, we're going to talk if you were back in the, you, you were a kid back in the 80s, even if you weren't a kid, I guess if you were like in your 20s or whatever. My dad, I think uh, when when we got ours, it was it was just as much for him as it was for us. But uh, Atari twenty six hundred, and I had the twenty six hundred. I had the fifty two hundred. I never got past that. I never got the seventy eight hundred. I wonder what we're gonna have to ask Kyle about that when we we get talking about it. I wonder what the the twenty six increments were because it was a seventy eight hundred, twenty six hundred, fifty two hundred. We we'll had to find out about it. Maybe it was the memory or something like that. We'll f- find out. I never, I never got that. But, um, Warden, how you doing, bud? I'm good, man. And um, I'm gonna have to let Kyle talk most of the time because I only had the 2600, and I think I played the hell out of that. And I never, oh yeah, look, I never look. got past that. That's that's where I peaked at on mine. But, 26, 26 was was the what i played mostly the 5200 yeah. i remember when we got that and I, I didn't even look i'll tell you the truth <clears throat> when we got it for christmas i don't even remember asking for it because i think like i said my dad was like oh they got a 5200 i think we'll just i'll just say i'm getting this for the boys and i'll be playing playing this just as much as they will and he did too um I had the, my dad had the one that preceded that. I, it was the Pong, I guess, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. My grandparents yeah, I had that too. We had, yeah. when I went to my grandparents' house and stayed, like, you know, when they were babysitting me or whatever, they had a, I don't know where it came from, how they got it, but it was a Pong that you had to hook right, you had, you know, you hooked it up to the TV just like black and white. Yes. Black and white <clears throat> and played the heck out of that. But, um, before we get started with that, just looking over, looking over some of the, you know, they had the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame inductions this weekend. Yeah, um, Dolly Parton playing with Dolly Judas Parton Priest. With That's Priest. pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, that was kind of cool. I was like um, Dolly. She's. I put on that uh, that uh, all things rock, hard rock, and metal. I put that. You know, Dolly is metal AF. You know. Well, you know, she was. She said she would. She would do a rock album. Yeah, she's gonna do one now. She said, yeah. yeah. And she did say <coughs> Steve Perry was going to be on her ne- her on her next album. Can't wait for that. <laughs> you know, I, yeah, I, I thought about you. I, ho, I, ho, ho, ho. You're representing tonight. I representing what? Vince. Vince who? Oh, yeah. It's Dr. Feelgood. The la- yeah, Vince. <laughs> All I had to do was go like this. The abominable. Uh, I uh, He wasn't back then. No, I, I had a funny story. As you know, my phone died on Saturday. Yeah, yeah. And uh, 
So I had, you know, my phone, it just died. I got it fixed yesterday. Luckily I had the $13 a month, you know, Apple care. And, uh, hell I got, I had to go, I had to go to uh, HEB, which is a grocery store on Saturday. I had to actually use my mother's phone because I didn't have a phone and call them. Hey, you know, whatever. So I get in the car and of course, the first thing I do when I'm in my car, I plug in my phone to listen to, you know, my I, uh, Apple music or, you know, whatever. Yeah. So I'm sitting there and it's like, I have to go old school and listen to FM radio. Uh, and I don't know if something <laughs> happened, but guess a freaking journey song came on. Yes. And I'm like, oh my God, talk about being punished enough. First, I don't Which have the- my phone. Then Which I got to listen to eight re- FM radio. Now journey. Stevie is somewhere laughing about that. Which one was it? It was, I don't know, one of their many annoying ones. Uh, oh, any way you want it, or I, and it was, yeah, they all sound the same to me. Any way you want it. You know, it. Yeah, I don't know. It, uh, it was bad, but it was like God. And, and we don't, we don't have rock stations here anymore. We used, we used to have a rock station, but they, they, they have like, I guess you, you have Jack FM up there where it's like kind of a mix. They'll play like Mariah Carey, then, you know, a rock song. And then, well, that's, and, but they have this yeah. rock station, but it's, it's like really classic stuff that's overplayed. So I was stuck. So I had to sit there listening to Journey or Christmas music. And I'm not ready to listen to that yet. So Journey won out that day. <laughs> yeah. Somewhere, like, somewhere Stevie's getting his revenge. I'm having to listen to exactly. Journey. That was, that was my plan all along. I took, uh, I took your your phone out and yeah. uh, played some Journey on the radio for you. I just it, knew right when you were going down the road. It's amazing though how much is on our phones because it was like I I lost I didn't back up my phone and yeah. I had to do a backup. It was dumb in August and I had to go and I'm like I think I got everything, but most of the pictures are on the iCloud and stuff like that. But it was like it's amazing when you don't have your phone. I couldn't get a hold of anybody i had to like message them through facebook <laughs> like hey i had to t- I had to message my boss saying hey my phone's not working i'm late on monday this is why so you were gonna be late because your phone wasn't working no there's uh you no, there were it there was traffic actually that day and i had no way to text him so i gave him a heads up because they're doing a bunch of construction uh, okay. where i live so it's hit or miss some days it's busy some days it's not so you were did you end up being late no i went all the way around Okay, how's your race? I use that as an excuse to be like an hour late. Well, he wouldn't complain because he's always late, so you know. <laughs> so, uh, looking at another thing, Metallica is going to do a another box set, a oh, wow. Mega Force years with the 1984 theme set. Is uh, they did a concert and it was a uh, focused on Kill 'Em All and Ride the Light, and it was dedicated to Johnny and Marshall Zazula. You remember Johnny Z? was the one that gave them their first break with a record deal. Uh, but, yeah. So Metallica is doing it right. I mean, Kiss, take notice. They're doing box sets like people want them. And probably what's not. Wrong with, what's wrong with Creatures and Destroyer? <sighs> Nothing's wrong with Destroyer. We well, haven't that's seen the last two they yet. did. What are they doing wrong with we haven't seen We haven't seen Creatures yet. But there's this Metallica is doing different stuff with their box sets, though. Like I said, they kissed it right with Destroyer because it's got so many, so many tidbits and little things in there. Well, then why are you why are you saying Kiss isn't doing right? But Metallica is doing it. Metallica is doing it. They're okay compared to their first box set. Yeah, I agree that Metallica is much better. But these last two have been pretty good. I mean, the way. Mm -hmm. Granted, I have the Destroyer one I never opened. I mean, I'm not going to get the creatures, but they look pretty cool. (laughs) 
Yeah, I hope I hope creatures is gonna be cool because it's got Eric Eric Carr stuff in it, and I, that's what I want to see. I want to hear some live. So Eric they're doing. Carr. So what you said they're doing the Megaforce years. Megaforce years, yeah. So that's up to right up to Justice or up to Master. I'm I forget. That's up to Master. Master. Well, yeah. That Master box set was pretty badass. Yeah, but uh, so that should be that should be interesting to see. Um, creatures. Speaking of the creatures box set, I think that's come. That's supposed to ship out next Tuesday, week. So Tuesday, I think sixteenth or something. If like you ordered it from Kiss Online, you might get it uh, in February. Um, Did you see that stuff on? Uh, they were talking. Somebody posted. I don't know where it was at, but Doc was talking about Dubai. Yes, and that they're looking into it. I mean, how many years they're, later? They're talking about <laughs> Doc, Doc is talking about lawsuits. And yeah, that's. I don't know, man. I mean, lawsuits two years ago, maybe. I mean, that that ship has sailed, so to speak. Well, they did. He did say they were going to make it right. I mean, they they couldn't. They obviously don't have Dubai. They don't have the which. I mean, I would have lawsuits to get it if I was kissed, but they don't have it. But they're talking about doing something to make it right because you know how many people. I mean, it's just like that. It's been said on podcasts on it. On a bunch of Kiss podcasts, when it all boils down to it, Kiss, you know, whoever did it, but Kiss put their their name on it, so they've got to own up and and try to help make it right. Try to help the, make it right or make it right. The bootleggers did it right; they released it. I know. All they had to, all they had to do is re- just record that that concert and then burn it to our MP3 or you know you know release I've the video. Never seen. It'd be so hard to put something on a DVD. It may be an international thing, maybe like since it's in Dubai, no, international think laws or something. I think it was called I, "We're Going to Rip You Off." That's what it was called. We want to rip you off. I don't and, think uh, Kiss did that. I think the people no, no. I'm talking about the people, the people that were in charge of uh, producing it. I guess what you would say. Yeah, that, that's one thing about Kiss. You can say. Yeah, they'll sell you the moon and the stars, but I mean, they pretty much deliver on most of that stuff, you know. Yeah, they do. I mean, but and I don't know if you uh, you heard Paul do his little interview talking about the Sam Luma stuff. No, did I didn't hear that. that? No, yeah, Paul, was this on the cruise or what? Yes, it was on cruise. He said that uh, obviously was it those, was he making a pizza at the time he was talking about it or what? <laughs> cooking with yeah. Paul in discussion. <laughs> uh, he said that the the tapes they had were stolen. Of course they were. And uh all bootlegs pretty much are, aren't they? He did pretty much say that Kiss had a lot in the vault. Oh yeah. You've seen Kiss and, Exposed? You seen the vault? Oh yeah, we've seen the vault. I, I would love to get my hands on the uh Henry the Kiss holster, Senior is the holster tape. The is famous it Henry holster tape. Henry Kiss Senior, is he watching out yes. for it? No, Joseph Kiss Senior. That's Joseph right. Kiss Senior. Henry Kiss Senior. When Henry Kiss Senior. Yeah, Joseph Kiss Senior, who came up with the vision of Kiss. Uh, that's of course a picture of him without makeup. Without makeup. Um, but wow, yeah. Wow. But here's my thing to Paul and Gene or and, and everybody in charge up there. If you got all that stuff in the vault, put it out. I mean, now's the time to put it out. You know, you're not they, getting any. You're not getting any younger. But um, but aren't there like aren't there like music laws because they don't own like the Kissology stuff right? Didn't VH1 own that? I mean that they, they own that name. That. They own the name Kissology. Okay, 
If I understand right, that's what I've been told. They own on the net, but all Kiss has got to do is put it out under another name. But here's the thing, and we've talked about this several times. But Universal owns the music, right? So is yeah. that include the live ones, the live stuff? I don't know. I don't know. Here's the thing: they need to work out a deal where they can do a streaming service. Charge. Yeah, I like, mean, yeah, like Metallica. Metallica. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Put it out there. You, they, they, you know, you ain't got the charger on the leg, which, I mean, Kiss, yeah, they'll charge her on the leg. But how you imagine how much money they would make off that a month? Off us? Off us? Us too? Off Kiss cards? <laughs> the Kiss cards everywhere? But um, that that probably won't happen. I mean, but they need to do something with that. I, I just don't think they have the – I think they would have done it right now if they had the rights to do it. I just don't think they have the rights to do it. Well, the way he talks, there it's in their vault, and I mean, yeah, but it can be in their vault. The films can be in there, but they may not have the the rights to 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 like. No, that's true. They don't own their catalog. That's what I'm saying. Anytime they've done it, I mean, like with exposed. But that was on Polygram. That was a record. Yeah, that was a record deal. But I mean, Universal is their record company, right? Yeah. So I mean, I mean, they, I mean, maybe that's what they think they're doing with these soundboards. Maybe you know, I agree. They should release like the whole video if they got that. Yeah, I agree with you. But it had yeah. to probably be an official release, I would think. It would have I mean, to be. I mean, I have no problem with that. I would. But is okay. is Kiss really on Universal's list of like things to take care of now? When you have got other artists, I mean. I mean, I don't know. I mean, if I, if if that's the case, I don't know. I don't know if we we, we I, probably I just won't ever see it again. I just remember Kiss. I mean, it seems like back in the day they sold more videos, like Exposed, Extreme Close Up, all Animalized, Uncensored. They sold a lot of videotapes back then. I mean, those would go like platinum, which was like 100,000 oh, yeah. or something. That was a lot of VHS tapes. But now, because yeah. they were so visual, but now with YouTube, a lot of that crap's out there already. I mean. Well, you don't know. I mean, you don't know what they got. Well, I, I mean, like the famous I mean, okay, holster tape. Speak, speaking for, my, speaking, speak, speaking for <laughs> myself. Can you? Can you? <laughs> yeah, if you, let, if you would shut up and let me talk, sir. Hold on, let me mute myself right quick. Yeah, thank you. Or mute me. Nah. Okay, shut up's too too far. If you would hush. Uh I mean it's it's like they're talking about those you really muted yourself. That's funny. Uh <laughs> it's the first time you ever listened to me, Stevie. But uh no, if they would I mean, I I don't really I mean the Sam Loomis stuff, it was cool, but how many fans are really gonna be interested in it besides the diehards? It's gonna be like that, like ah, eh, it's a bootleg. I mean, are people really going to buy it? Is it worth Universal's time? Maybe Kiss look at it that way. Like, well, how, many, how many people went on the Kiss cruise? How many? I mean, these I, are I'll guys, be honest with you. There's diehard people that are going to buy it, bud. I, I'll mean, be honest with you. I've purchased a few bootleg pro shot videos, and you have one or two. I mean, this is me. I'm not a bootleg guy. But it's like, God, I already have the Like, I'll have the Auburn Hills hot in the shade show that's one of the best i do i really want another one i mean do i really want another do i really want another destroyer another love guns if i have the summit i mean it that that's kind of i look at it well the holy grail the yeah. one i'm after the one i'm after and if they've had it if they had it and they're holding it back they should be ashamed what we need is another documentary <laughs> no Palladium, 1980 eric carr's first show yeah that's what i would love to see but it would be cool if they were involved too and they talked about it. They just didn't well, release they did it. Like, you, we, I mean, you're talking about like a watch along? 
not a watch along, maybe just like what they were doing at the time. Not a watch. I, I, I don't really like those shows because it, I, I have to focus on the movie and I don't like people talking during movies. I don't, so I, I'm not a very good watch along person. I don't want them to keep interrupting. Them. Yeah, exactly. I don't want yeah, I don't want to keep interrupting and talking about what they're doing then, but you know, yeah, they could do something before or after and then play yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah, that would yeah, like they could sit there and watch what they were doing through time. That'd be great. That'd be a great series. I think yeah. that would work. Well. But just to release like a live mm, they'd have to be involved with it more to like pique my interest. But you know, that's just me. Yeah. All right. So let's let's bring our guest in. Uh, he, he's patiently he's waiting. Probably, you know, he might have fell asleep he, listened to all No, he, I bet he has a lot talk. to say. Getting that, yeah. kind of talking to him a little bit. He probably has some stuff to say about what we now, talked about. Now listen, when we we talked to Kyle, Kyle is uh, Kyle is very knowledgeable. He's, a, he's the kind of guest we like. He he's, yes, he's talks. exactly. That's what the kind of guest we exactly. like. I, I will tell you this: we were talking before. Uh, if you remember, hey, my, you, Stevie, were you talking to somebody backstage before? Yeah, I was talking to somebody backstage. Yeah, before. Yeah. And we tell them they like vodka and orange juice. Sorry. Okay. Sorry. But yeah, if you people remember my wrestling podcast that is, you know, back in the day. You had uh, a wrestling ring, podcast? Yeah. You guys ring, did a show. I didn't know you had a wrestling. Like yeah. A, Ringside, Ram, Ringside Ramblings was the name of it. Me and Kyle did a three hour uh, wrestling show about our top 10 wrestlers. And, okay, if you guys uh, get close to that tonight. You're going to be doing us two guys. <laughs> yeah, I don't think I can make it. But hey, speaking of wrestling, and we can ask Kyle's opinion. MJF's going to play Lance Von Eric in the new. Uh, I saw that. I saw in the that. new in the new video where you say the that Iron Zach Claw. is too big to be Kevin Von Eric. That drop, could look, that drop could look pretty Kevin Von Eric though in that picture. Yeah, but he is too Jack. To it's be a Kevin movie, Von dude. Eric. It's a movie. Yeah, but anyway, uh, with us tonight. He's got a, uh, a podcast he's been on for years, a uh, big-time ECU fan. My friend Robert likes to call him Kyle from LaGrange because uh, when he calls in these ECU shows, I say, it's Kyle from LaGrange. But, yeah, uh, with us tonight to talk some Atari is Mr. Kyle Barber. What's up, Kyle? What's going on, guys? How y'all doing? We're, we're good. We didn't put you to sleep with all this kiss talk, did we? Actually, I'm not a Kiss fan at all. Uh, so that's one topic I do not have anything to speak on. I will say this. So you, you mentioned Journey earlier. Of the two bands, which one do you think would have an Atari 2600 game? You would have thought Kiss, right? No. Nope. Yeah. Journey. Journey. They Journey. did, really. Journey. Journey Escape. Escape. Really, I had it. Yep. I, I have it. it. And uh, released by Data H. Terrible game. But uh, Yeah, but I played the heck out of it. Well, it matches so the band. It. It's perfect. <laughs> oh, come on now. But look, they actually, Kyle, somebody uh, – Somebody did it, and I'll have to. Oh, it's a Kiss pinball game that's really famous. Yeah, they, oh, I, that's I, I had that, but there was a. Uh, you had a Kiss pinball machine? No, there was a Kiss pinball game for like uh, a computer. Sega, uh, what was it? And maybe yeah, PS One. It they was. Used one, uh, they used to have one for uh, for Windows too. Uh, back yeah, in the I 90s. had that. Yeah, I had that one. Yeah. But they had a, and I don't know if y'all could see it. Somebody did a mock-up Atari 2600 cover. You can't see it. I'll have to share it. But it was uh, Kiss Atari 2600 Kiss Alive on Tour. They were oh, like, wow. wouldn't this be cool? I mean, and the box looks just like Atari 2600 box. And you sit there and just bang groupies or what? <laughs> in the 70s? Uh, you, that's all you really did in the 70s, right? Uh, to, to me, if you're going to do a Kiss game, you, you, I mean, you could do a lot. You could have done a lot of different things with a Kiss game. I mean, Atari. Drugs like, and drinking. Yeah, well, I mean, you could have just had like, 
Gene Simmons with his tongue, like sticking it out, eating things, or you know, <laughs> yeah. There's, there's oh, all Stanley could have shot stuff out of his eye like he did on Phantom. But uh, you guys mentioned MJF in the uh, in the Von Eric movie. Uh, you know who he would have if he was Hispanic. I, maybe you could have made him look Hispanic. Gino, he would have made Gino. he would have made Gino Hernandez. He would have been perfect to play Gino Hernandez. Yes, he has the attitude. God, Gino. I remember, like I said, I'm quite a bit older than you. Not not Stevie. Stevie's right behind me. I remember when when I remember when uh, I know we're gonna get off on wrestling here. I remember when uh, that's what made me like the heels is I was a big Kevin Von Eric fan. And when Chris Adams turned on him because of Gary Hart and then him and Gino were the dynamic duo. And I remember I was like, what, 1996? I was like, you know, 12. What? I was young. It crushed me that he died. It just like, God, one of the best heels. What could have been? Yeah. yeah. Gino was awesome. I, you, you look at Gino, had he lived, um, yeah. I, I wonder, you know, if you know, if you know, you know, eventually would have left Dallas, went to Crockett. Um, you know, as uh, you look at Barry Wyndham and the Horseman Luger and the Horseman, you know, he, him and Tully Blanchard had a relationship. Yeah, yeah they, they used to the wrestle horseman? here in the Southwest. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Gino would have been a great Horseman. Yes. Yeah. Uh, your opinion, Zach Efron as Kevin Von Erich? Was did you see how cut he was? Pretty big. Yeah, I mean, I don't. I mean, he he is more cut than Kevin ever was. I, I you know. But it, you know, the whole thing is who's playing Carrie? I don't even know who's playing Carrie. I haven't heard who's playing Carrie. That's the whole thing. How cut is Carrie going to be? Because Carrie was more cut. Carrie was a lot bigger than than Kevin. Exactly. So it, that that's uh, that's going to be the question. I'm not going to have to be mega Jack to be Carrie. Exactly. Um, the uh, the right. modern day warrior Carrie Von Erich. Yeah. Uh, the, the whole Von Erich family is just great. Great documentary. Out. If you guys uh, want to check it out. Um, not the WWE documentary on yeah. world class. I'm having a brain fart of what it's called now, but uh, there was an independent documentary done about world class. It was tremendous. Um, done right before the WWE bought the footage, and uh, I got it. I own it, but I just cannot. If I could think of the name of it, um, did they ever? Did they ever put that on the network, or was that another documentary? Uh, they did. Yeah. They did put the WWE one, but not the one that was done gotcha. independently. Okay, I'm looking. Uh... Is it on YouTube? I have no idea. Von Eric's tragedy. Here's a world class championship wrestling. I mean, I don't know. You have, you let me know. I'll Taylor, look it up and, and get back to you. Let me know because I would love to see that. Because I, I I remember back in the day because you you know coming from a small town like like I'm in and you didn't have cable, so we only got to see Crockett and uh, we got to see WWF once. Once a week, and then maybe when they had a Saturday night's main event, you would see it then if you stayed up late. But you'd always have to read about uh, world-class championship wrestling. And that was a lot of – I mean, you had Rick Rude. You had the Ultimate Warrior. You had Von Erichs. You had one Gino. Gang. Yeah, one-man gang was oh, there. Oh, world-class was like, of course, being from Texas, it was – Von Erichs were just huge. They did pizza in commercial. I mean, it – I've it's, seen those awful pizza in commercials. Yes. They're, yeah, they're back in the day, they were awesome. Yeah, they, they uh, it, it, speaking of Von, just to Von Erich in general, um, it, it, Kevin Von Erich can't tell the truth to save his life. That is the most lying son bitch I've ever seen in my life. Really? Oh, my God. Yes. <laughs> he, 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 hey, he this just, guy knows his stuff. He, he, he what, what, just watch some interviews with him. He will lie and exaggerate. And it's, he's, he, well, he, did, he, wasn't Fritz the same way? 
Yeah, I believe so. Um, but Kevin, you know, I'm glad at least one of those boys is still alive, and I respect Kevin for you know what he was. But man, he 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 is a uh, him and the truth are not good friends. He ain't as bad as Hogan, but he's pretty bad. <laughs> you know, it, it, it's funny. I mean, you talk about his dad. I mean, there was a time when he was a Nazi. Like his character was a yes. Nazi. Yeah. Can you imagine somebody trying to be a Nazi now? That mm-hmm. they would. Well, you know it. what? Uh, 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 Gunther in WWE. Yeah. Uh, the name. Really? The name they originally gave him. Um, when he first came in, um, it was Gunter. It had a last name to it, oh, okay. and uh, it was it was uh, like a Nazi U-boat captain. And I, <laughs> oh, wow, that was I, probably I just, Vince's idea. I just have flashbacks to what the guy in the '80s, Colonel De Beers, was like a South yeah. African uh, yeah, part guy. Was a guest smoker. Wrestling used to be like just wide, wide open west. Well, I mean, it was so it was so easy. I mean, the the, the foreign <laughs> the foreign nemesis was going to be the bad guy. USA, yeah. USA, USA. I mean, it was simple. It's a simple formula, and it worked. It, you know, like from, when uh, Slaughter went uh, when Slaughter turned heel. I, I uh, didn't see that coming, man. I and I and I, I knew kind of like what, that. I, I did not like that. <laughs> I didn't either. It, it he, never made me. He's sense. a hell of a heel, though. He was a great heel. Oh, though. he was a great heel, but why? Why? Why was suddenly he in a Rocky yeah. sympathizer? Because the war was going on, and it. Why did the yeah, Iron why did he? The name? They never, they never said what made him turn against like America and go with the, be a Rocky sympathizer. Well, it, was, it was because of the the war. The Desert Storm broke out. That's what I read. I mean, right. that was why they I mean, yeah, did I mean, it. That's why they did it. Yes, but, but why? Was, his reason, yeah. what you know, well, why does McMahon do a lot of stuff? No, no. Well, no well, I mean, right. But, turns heel, they they come out and they. Yeah, in storyline, they'll have a storyline. They'll tell you why they turn. You heel. know, uh, I'm against this war because America only wants the oil in Iraq, and the Iraqi people and Saddam Hussein are great people, and he's a great leader. And this country only cares about greed and money and oil. <laughs> you maggots. I mean, you know. You know what? No, that guy got so many death threats yeah. during that time. I mean, you hear him <laughs> talk about it. That, that was a tough time. I mean, it, yeah. He, well, the WWE he gonna... claims, they claim that, you know, they were going to do WrestleMania that year, I guess it was the LA Coliseum. They were going to do it outside. Yeah, the stadium show. And they claimed that because of death threats wow. to to uh, to um, slaughter and such, they had to move it indoors. Truth is, they weren't selling enough tickets. Yeah, they weren't selling enough tickets. But uh, they didn't have Hogan anymore. Wasn't the Warrior the champion? Hogan, he no, Hogan, was, Hogan versus Slaughter was the main event. Hogan Hogan beat Slaughter. Oh, that's right. Event. I don't. Know, I'm thinking. Of, I'm, I'm thinking when I saw Slaughter uh, beat Warrior at Royal Rumble right, that right, year. That's right. That's right. Uh, Savage's help with my man Macho Man's help, but memory memory escapes me sometimes. We're we're talking '80s stuff here, talking uh, early '90s stuff, but go back to the '80s and you know, all the way back before, to the '70s, actually. Yeah, actually, yeah, it started in the '70s, but my first memory, well, I guess like '79, I we played that pong uh, on TV, but uh, Atari Twenty Six Hundred. I mean, for me, you know, you go to the arcade. We had an arcade at the mall. It was about 20, 25 minutes from here. It was called the Gold Mine. But you go in there, man, it was like I remember wall-to-wall games, and you're like, holy crap. But then when you find out 
you can have a system there to play play games at home and some of these games that are in the arcade you know granted it wasn't okay first of all before we start kyle do you have a do you know the reason it was had 2652 and 78 why was it 2626 increments um i i not sure the reason behind it but it is 26 times 2 52 26 yeah. times 3, 78 yeah. I, I i don't know the reason behind it uh honestly um but that's what they did um yeah. not sure why i you know i, I should know that i'm i'm my knowledge of Atari is, is, is very vast. Yes. Uh, but for some reason, I do not. I, I, I'm sure I knew it at some point, and it has left my memory. But uh, suddenly, they did 26, 78, excuse me, 26, 62, 78. And then all of a sudden, they decided to start naming their systems after cats. And you got the yeah, Lynx, Jaguar. Jaguar. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, I can remember. And like I said, when we got the 2600, it was like, I guess my dad was, and I did. I probably did this for the Xbox for my daughter too. She wanted one, but I was like, okay, we'll get one for Christmas. I, I kind of want it too. But uh, twenty six hundred arrives at Christmas, and I'm like a little kid. I mean, combat the game came with what the two the two joysticks, the two paddles that I I don't think I ever used the paddles. Wow, you uh, didn't play Kaboom? Yeah, but I, we didn't have Kaboom. We never had Kaboom. Uh, but combat is included with it. And I'm like, you know, I can remember many a late night. You hear that going around yeah. and shooting, you know, you had like what 90 different games for combat or something. Well, they were like all that. two player. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 90 different games. One of them, the, the, when you shoot, it would actually bounce off and all this stuff, yep. but it was, it was pretty cool. And then go from there to like, I can remember the day my dad, he worked on the road. Uh, he sold on the road and he came home out of the blue one night with Space Invaders. And I was like, holy crap. Because he played in the arcade. And, you know, of course, the, the graphics aren't nowhere, anywhere as near as good as, as the it arcade. It was a decent but, port for the time. But you got to play it at home and you didn't have to keep putting quarters in. So, I mean, it was, it was pretty cool. But, Warden, we'll get we'll get to Kyle because I know Kyle's going to have a, a lot to talk about. What was your first experience with Atari? <clears throat> My first, man, God, it had to be probably 80s. Yeah. When did MTV, when did MTV premiere? 81? 80, yeah, 81? Like I, I, I just remember that. watching a lot of MTV and then playing a lot of Atari. But I had like my, my game was Donkey Kong. I, I love Donkey yeah. Kong. I love Donkey Kong. I love Pac-Man. I mean, that kind of old school, but like like I had the Pong like in the 70s. But I just remember, I mean, I, I only had the 2600. I didn't go to the other ones. I kind of video game. I mean, it, it, it took my it, I liked it for a while, but I think I kind of got more into music and away from video games. I didn't get back into video games until the 90s with, with all yeah. that stuff. Yeah. But I sell my Atari 26. I don't have it up in storage. I got an old box there. But I had a question, though, about kind of before I, you know, I'm sure Kyle's got a lot of stuff to talk about, but the E.T. game, the most <laughs> awful game that I ever, I never could figure the damn thing out. He always get caught in the well. Is it, I, I read somewhere or saw something where they had to, they buried a bunch of those because they didn't yeah. sell? Yeah, that's true. That was a rumor for years that they yeah. had buried them out in the landfill out in New Mexico. And it was thought to be urban legend, but it wasn't. Yeah. They ended up digging them up. 
Um, several years later, they found complete copies. A lot of them ended up being sold on eBay. Um, so, yeah, that's true. It happened. Um, E.T., um, the object of the game was to put together phones that you could call home. Oh. And it was buggy. And um, you, you fell in the tunnels, the wells, the yeah. caverns, the pits, whatever you want to call them, um, repeatedly, and you couldn't get out. And uh, that was the problem with the game. I, I, the concept of the game, some people would have liked it if it wasn't for the fact that you constantly fell into the holes and couldn't get out. Yep. Um, I, I was telling Stevie earlier, somebody has remade it and released it for the Intellivision, a homebrew version, with all those problems fixed and with improved graphics. Um, so if you want to play it to see if you could actually enjoy it with it being completely playable, um, it's out there now if you have an Intellivision system. Um, but no, ET, um, a lot of people say it's responsible for the video game crash of 83, 84. Um, Mm -hmm. I I say partially responsible. I think the bigger problem with the crash, and to me, that's when people say ET, that's what they think of. It's called the video game crash. I think the biggest problem with the crash was too many companies making bad games. You had everybody and their brother coming out making games at like that age. I mentioned early making journey escape. There was. So many companies. So, so Journey was responsible out. for the crash. Oh, <laughs> makes sense. There was what just was... so many bad bad companies and no quality control. Yeah. Um, and there was no Nintendo fixed that when they came along, but there was you didn't have to have a licensing agreement with Atari to make games for Atari. Anybody no. could start up a company and make games for Atari twenty six hundred. Wow. You had to have no licensing agreement with them. Yeah, I, I remember. I think I bought the Journey Journey game half price for like. Nine dollars with Christmas money. Oh, but lose my microphone. But uh, yeah, it was a horrible game though. I mean, cool, cool concept would, and they had the. You'd love it too, Warden, because they they played actual oh, journey. I, I, prob- I probably there. wouldn't. Yeah, yeah, they did play actual journey music on there, and they had the character. And I probably would like it. And you could no play, journey music. That's my kind of game. You could play as the uh, members of the group too. So yeah, you get Steve Perry. Yeah. It was pretty fun. Uh, back in the day, it probably wouldn't be now, but if back in the day, I was like, "Oh yeah, Journey." Yeah. It, it doesn't hold up. No. <laughs> so is there a is there a part in the game where they get another singer that sounds just like him and they keep going on tour? <laughs> well, that's real life. Sorry. Yeah, uh, just some random Asian guy. Hey, can you kind of go over the video game crash? I, I'm I'm not too familiar with well, that. First I, of I, all, before that we get into the crash, let's tell. You, I want to hear Kyle because Kyle's old. I mean, younger than us. I mean. Uh, he can't. He, you pretty much had to got into it after the crash, right? No, I'm around the time of the crash. Um, right. I, uh, I, I, my, my, okay, my granddad's girlfriend, um, her son was quite a bit older than me. He was a teenager, and he had an Atari twenty six hundred, and uh, I was about four years old, so it would have been eighty four. So it was around the time of the crash. Um, and, uh, I used to go over their house a lot. He would babysit me and my sister and, uh, he had Atari 2600 and I would play it. And my, the first game I fell in love with was Dodgem. Um, I don't know if either one of you remember the game. Yeah, Dodgem. I remember that. Um, and you know, it was the cars. It was a Pac-Man type maze game with a car and had another car and you try to dodge them and get all the dots. And, um, that was the first game I loved. And, uh, so that was my first experience with it. Well, later on, uh, this is again, post crash. Uh, my cousin, this is 86. Uh, we were real poor when I was a kid. Um, so 86, 87, um, my cousin got a Sega Master System for Christmas. And uh, he had Atari 2600. So he gave me his Atari 2600. So I was 
six or seven at this time and uh, gave me all his games. So that's what I played. Um, it ended up breaking. In hindsight, I'm sure it was just the power supply. My parents didn't know anything about that kind of stuff. Um, so, uh, 88, Atari had re-released the 2600. 7800 was out. I wanted the 7800 because uh, their parents couldn't afford the NES. 7800 was much cheaper. What I got was an Atari 2600 Junior. I don't know if you guys remember that. I do remember those, yeah. Um, so, I got an Atari 2600 Junior in 88. Uh, I remember 50 bucks at Rose's. And uh, I got it for my birthday. Big deal. I was extremely happy. And I got to play all my Atari 2600 games. Um, and then for Christmas that year, this is 88, this is post-crash, but Atari was back. Uh, they were making games. Um, there was a toy store in Rocky Mount that was going to quit selling Atari games, even though they were still being sold at other places. And so they had all their Atari games on clearance. And I got like 20 Atari games for Christmas that year. And um, so I, just, I loved it. I never got an NES until 1990. That was when I got a Nintendo. So I, I played Atari up till 90. Um, and then I ended up getting a 7,800 in, uh, 93, uh, my sister's boyfriend at the time, I was 12, 13. He had an Atari 7,800 and I'd always wanted one. And I saw it. I was like, Hey, do you, do you, do you still want that? He's like, I haven't played that in years. Like, can I have it? He's like, you can buy it. I said, with all the games. I said, he said, yeah. I said, he, I said, how much? He said, 25. I said, I ain't got $15. He said, I'll take it. Wow. <laughs> so, so uh, that's I still have that 7800. I do not play that 7800 anymore. It's in storage. I have a modded 7800 with the AV port on it, where you can you know the yellow, red, white cables instead of the coaxial input. I, I I didn't want to mod the one I had since I was 12, so I I, I bought one and then had it modded. Um, that's the one I play. But uh, and uh, that's my go-to system is 7800 because it's backward compatible with 20. Yeah, that's what I'm getting ready to say. Now, I always wanted a 7800 for that fact. The 5200, I had, <clears throat> excuse me, I had one of those. But that, that, you know, just like we talked about, me and you talked about uh, last week when we were talking about doing the show, 5200 was not backwards compatible. So you had to buy, start buying games. And <laughs> there was an adapter that they ended up making. Yeah. And then their controllers. You know, the controllers were kind of like the joystick, but it was like a little, it was a small. It looked like a television remote control with a joystick in the middle. Yeah. Yeah. And the joysticks were non-centering. And they they didn't last. They did not last. I can tell you. I can vouch for that. Uh, But 52 was, I mean, I I enjoyed it. Popeye, I love Popeye. That was my favorite game up there. But, uh you know, they had a pretty good football game. We played that. And somehow my dad knew some trick where whenever I, you threw the ball, he was he could intercept it. And there, I mean, because it was something you had to do at just at the right time to do it. But he could do it every time. But that, that was pretty cool. But uh, and I always real, wanted real that. Sport, real sports football. Real sports football, yeah. yeah. I always wanted the 7800 because it was backwards compatible with the, with the 26. But we couldn't. I didn't really ever see any around us, which I mean, we we had Run Rapids. Uh, you didn't have a Walmart then. They did. They had some stores up there, like a Roses and stuff like that. But they had them at Roses. They did it the one yeah. in Williamson anyway. Yeah, but you know, I never, it never really, never got a seventy eight hundred. But uh, what were you going to ask him, Warden, about the crash? I just, I'm not real familiar with the crash. Like I said, I probably checked out around eighty four, eighty five with video games wise what led up to that? What besides journey, what caused it? You know? 
Well, a lot of people will tell you it was it was ET being rushed out and Pac-Man, the Pac-Man you mentioned before, 2600 port of Pac-Man is horrible. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. And, and those two games were massively disappointing to the public. So a lot of people say, you know, and, and I do think that that's part of it, people lost faith in Atari. But the third-party companies that could put out games, and they, and they came out, everybody and their brother, the, the software developers, people that had developed software never before because video games were making money, started putting out games, just just tons of games. And there were, the market became oversaturated with titles. And there was no way of knowing. There was no reviewers at the time. So you'd see a game and think it was cool. You'd see a game. Uh, I'm trying to think of a good example of a game that looks cool. It's horrible. Um, we'll use we'll use Journey Escape for an example just because we've already talked about. You buy Journey Escape thinking, oh, my God, this is going to be great. You take it home. You, you, you spend 25 bucks, 30 bucks, and then, then it's garbage. And people did that repeatedly. And they eventually, it caused game sales to start suffering. The arcades were still good, but video game sales started suffering. Uh, Coleco had came out with the ColecoVision. Mattel had came out with the Intellivision. Yeah. But because Atari had the market so much, when their sales started suffering, Mattel panicked. Mattel panicked and quit making the Intellivision. Um, ended up being sold off to an independent corporation that brought it back in the late 80s. Coleco's quit producing the ColecoVision. And what happened then, um, Atari was developing the 7800 at this time. Um, they actually sourced it out to a third-party company that was developing it. And um, it was initially released to test markets in 84 and then pulled from the market because Warner, uh, a guy named Nolan Bushnell founded Atari, then he sold it to, to Warner Brothers. Warner decided to get out of the home video game industry. They, they kept their arcade line, Atari Arcades, but they got rid of the home video game industry. And they sold it to a, to a family who had a computer business, the Trammels, a uh, guy named Jack Trammell. And um, they were going to use it to market a line of computers. And they did have a successful line of computers. The Atari 400, the Atari 800, the Atari um, ST, they were hugely popular in Europe. Um, but they quit making video games altogether. Um in 84, um, Atari ceased to make video games. Um, Activision still put out games. A couple <laughs> of other companies still put out games during that time for the 2600, but not many. Um, then what happened when Nintendo became popular in Japan, then, then came into the American market in 85, and it was the hottest, the hottest Christmas item in 85. And then into 86, got even hotter. Um, Trammel and his corporation, which was Atari, whatever at the time, said, hey, we got the 2600 sitting here. We got the 7800 sitting here. Let's release them. So they released them as budget consoles. 2600 Junior re-released, new, new sleek, small design. Actually, it looks really cool. And then the 7800. And they were budget-minded consoles. Um, and there was good games being put out by Atari at the time. But there was very few. The problem was, and the reason 7800 wasn't successful, is Nintendo put in license agreements. And so Atari couldn't get third-party support for the 7800. Oh, wow. So the games that Atari put out for the 7800 were good, um, but very little third-party support. And that's what killed the 7800 and the reason it wasn't a success. Um, it wasn't a huge failure. It didn't put Atari out of business. Jaguar did that. But uh, that's pretty much the short story of the crash. And... Yeah. It ended. It ended Mattel's involvement in video games. It ended Coleco's involvement in video games. Coleco, of course, would go on to sell lots of Cabbage Patch Kids. 
Yeah. <laughs> but I, uh, that's pretty much the story of the crash. I mean, there's a lot more to it than that. But um, it, it was, people really thought home video games were done. And then yeah, over a company I, called Nintendo came out yeah. and yeah. said, nope, no, it's not, not even beginning to be done. Hey, uh, Warden, I actually just looked up Journey Escape for the Tar 2600. You can buy it on Amazon, $29. So check, you got eBay. To, check eBay, you can get it a lot cheaper. Yeah, break out your break out your Tar 2600. That's going to be your Christmas present. Is I'm going to get you a Journey Escape, a Tar 2600 game. Well, to avoid that, I'm going to change my address and move. <laughs> um, So... One of my favorite games, if not my favorite games for the Atari, uh, Pitfall from Activision. Let me tell you, I, I you know, I, I told Kyle, I said, I've got a funny story to tell you about Pitfall. All right. Um, Christmas, whatever year that came out. 82. That, yeah. So that was, that was the game we wanted or my brother wanted. And, uh, my brother's like four years older than me. So 82, I was nine. So he would be 13. So at that time, you know, just small town, we don't have one anymore, but we had a post office here and we were out. I guess we were either out or we had started getting out half a days like you do before you get ready to get out for Christmas. So we walk up to the little store right beside the post office and we stop in the post office to get the mail. And the lady, the lady made a big mistake. The, the postmaster, she said, "Well, your your mom and daddy have a package back here." And my brother was like, "Okay, we'll get it. We'll get it." So we get we we get back to the house, and my my great aunt, she was older. She kept us while my parents were at work, and she, I mean, she didn't really have a clue what what we could we could get away with anything in there. Uh, so he gets the package home and instead of you know putting it up, all of a sudden I look and he's he's tearing the package open. I said, I said, what are you doing? He said, I'm gonna see what's in this package. And lo and behold, here we go. We pull it out, pitfall. And we're like, holy crap. So if you're listening to this podcast and you're under the age of like 13 or 10, yeah, Santa Claus does exist. This was just something else. Uh but Next thing I know, he's pulling the game out. He's opening the package. He pulls the game out. Hey, you're already in that like, deep. Might as well go for it. Exactly. I'm like, what are you doing, dude? And and pops it in, starts playing. So I'm like, you know, if he's gonna do it, I mean, he, if he he's gonna get in trouble, I can always. I'm the youngest, so I could probably just say he did it. And I didn't do it. So. Yeah, we played for two weeks before Christmas. We played pitfall every day. There is pro- we probably used a whole roll of uh, tape to tape that package back up every day. And they saw the package. And the day we got it for Christmas, I'm sitting there playing it, and my dad's watching. And I'm sitting there playing it, and I'm just moving right through it and all this stuff. He's like, he's like, God. You're pretty good at this game. It's almost like you played this before. And I was like, oh, never played it before in my life. <laughs> we were playing that joker for like two or three so weeks. How did you how did you um hide the the lack of excitement that would have been genuine? I, I don't I don't know. I don't even remember. I mean, I don't even know. We didn't I don't even think I thought about it, but you know, it was like because it was pretty much a get his gift. 
So my brother's gift. So but I, he, I he had to fake it. Him. He had to fake it. Yeah, but that was that. And then the uh, probably not the smartest idea, but you know when you had the the little adapter that you plugged in the wall, the AC adapter, we had where it got a short in it, and we were we were ta- taking tape and trying to tape that thing up and to get it straight because we were like we got to play this tour. We I mean, you get up there some days without a Tory. And the adapter was like hot, so hot where you played it so long it would it would burn your hand. My dad was like, "Y'all need to give that thing a break." And I said, "Well, as soon as we do, you're going to get right on it." But uh, yeah, so many so many great memories with the 2600. Dude, I mean, Nintendo was good. I remember we got a Nintendo later on, but 2600 was always the one that uh, I'll have the best memories of. You know, Christmas and get and you know, just getting the games because my dad was really excited about the twenty six hundred. Yeah, you, you talk about Pitfall and uh, uh, David Crane, co-founder of Activision. Um, really, almost every game Activision put out for Atari was was fantastic. I, yeah, I own the entire Activision library. Um, and there's Pitfall. Do you ever play Pitfall two? No. Uh-uh. Uh, Pitfall two is incredible. Uh, you you would uh, if you like Pitfall, you'd love Pitfall two. It, it is it is probably one of the largest games. Um, not counting homebrews on the 2600, it came out in '83. Um, it has music. Um, Pitfall Harry has multiple levels to go through. He swims, he he climbs, he takes hot air balloons to the top of cliffs. Um, and he saves a girl at the end. It actually has an ending. Um, it is an incredible game for the 2600, yeah. Uh, one of the most advanced. Pitfall never really had an end. I mean, you, no. you, and you remember. Uh, they had a little contest where if you got Activision patches, yes, yes. I'd never, we, we took pictures and we sent them in, but we never got a patch. So, really, I guess we did, did you enough. ever get the score that we were supposed to? I don't know. I, I mean, we got high scores, I can't remember exactly. I, I'm sure there was certain scores score. you were supposed to get. Yeah, and... I'm sure we got the score if we sent it in. But, well, you uh, should have got the patch, they're out yeah, there. If you want them, you can get them on eBay. <laughs> they're, uh, yeah. they're definitely out there. Um, because my mom actually, I, I told her, I, I went back and looked, we're looking at photo albums and looking through it. And some of the pictures we took of the screen she's got in the photo album, the pitfall. Nice. I'm like, oh my gosh, you really don't have to put that in the photo album. That's no, <laughs> well, that's, that's a great picture. I mean, I, I think that's cool. Um, the, the, the then we talk about Activision games, so I'll throw another one out at you or both of you guys. Uh, you had to have played it if you didn't own it. River Raid. Yes, I didn't own it, but I had a buddy of mine that that, that had it, and he brought it over. We played the heck out of it. Yeah, River Raid was an incredible game. Everybody loved that. There was a sequel to it came out years later called River Raid Two, uh, more advanced but not near as good. Um, we got. Uh, I tell you one, I played the heck out of, and I is that uh, the Atari Video Pinball. Yeah, um, not bad. There's a um, there's a late release Atari Twenty Six Hundred game. Uh, well, I say late release; they're still releasing them. But in terms of a commercially released game by Atari, it came out eighty eight or eighty nine, called Midnight Magic. That is an incredible pinball game for the Twenty Six Hundred. If you like video pinball, you would love Midnight Magic. Yeah, that one. And what was it? It was one night. God, because you. I mean, these kids don't realize that when you have the Atari. If if you had like a high score going, or, or you would you your progress 
was not able to be saved no. back then. And womp, I was, womp, womp. Womp, yeah, there was one Sunday night I was playing the heck out of Defender, and I had like a big-time score. And I, here comes my mom comes there. Okay, you got to go to bed. I'm like, okay, just give me a few more minutes. And I was, I mean, gosh, I had never played it so great in my life. And it, three times she came in and she finally bloop, hit the power button. Uh-huh. Time to go to bed. Hey, that's her behind you. She's doing the same thing tonight. No. Yeah, time Turn to go to bed. Yeah. <laughs> uh, she's, she's, believe me, she's already, mom, mom's already hit the, hit the hay by now. But um, I'm trying to think of some more games we had back then. Centipede was one of my Centipede, favorites. yeah. Yeah, Centipede's a great and wasn't game. Wasn't there a, a kind of a knockoff Millipede? Was that like I a was knockoff? Well, it wasn't a knockoff. It was a sequel. Uh, Millipede yeah, it was a sequel. It's actually a better yeah. game. It's actually a way better game. Um, and uh, what about Jungle Hunt? What was, was Jungle, Jungle Hunt? Yeah. Was really yeah. good. Did very Pitfall esque. Yeah, yeah. Because um, when y'all said screens. Pitfall, that's that's what I was picturing Jungle Hunt, but I knew it was a different name. Yeah, three different screens. Um, you had your 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 you swing through the vines. You had your swimming level where you punch the shit out of alligators. <laughs> yeah, and then um and then the third Rock. level. The third level, the rocks, you that came at you, and you had to, to, to duck them or jump over them, and then you had to beat the hit hunter at the end, and then you just cycled through those three levels over and over again. Was Moon Patrol ever on Atari Twenty Six Hundred? Yeah, it, it was. Me and, okay. me and Steve, you discussed that earlier. It was actually a really good port. Um, you talk about a good arcade port. Uh, that came out eighty three, and uh, okay. Moon Patrol uh, actually had music. You for whatever reason you had to take the second difficulty switch and put it to the right to difficult. For the music to play, I have no idea why. Yeah. But uh, Moon Patrol was a really good port on the twenty. I just remember, I just remember playing that at the arcade, and I just never wondered if it was in a video game. Yeah, right. yeah, it was good. Oh. It was it was a good port. There was in uh, there was actually a port for the fifty two hundred too that looked almost arcade perfect. Yeah, uh, yeah, I do remember that one. There was a game, and it may have been a. Was there a company that made them called Data East? Uh, Data East later on made uh, NES games, and they made arcade games. Uh, but Data Age, they they made Dirt Journey Escape. But okay, uh, Data, was... Data East, I, I do not remember them making anything for Atari, but uh, they made a they made uh, a lot of good games like Russian Attack, um, Lock and Chase. Uh, Lock and Chase was a um, was a was a Mattel game. It was Mattel, you know, made the Intellivision, but for right. Atari. They released they they released games under the name M Network, so uh, Lock and Chase by M Network, kind of a maze Pac Man esque game. Yeah, Lock and Chase was a good one. Yeah, because I just remember that one. You know, you you knew the different shapes of the cartridges that were different. Which company mm-hmm. it was? Uh, that one was a black one, and it was kind of slanted at the at the end. But it, it looked, it looked blue, different. Black and blue end label, uh, yeah, triangle, yeah. triangle. It wasn't square was like the regular ones were. Yeah, that was how all the M Network games were. They looked similar to a television game because it was Mattel making them. Um, probably uh, the best M Network game. There's a few. My personal favorite because initially you had to send in points to get it. You had to buy Kool-Aid. But eventually they sold yeah. it in stores. Kool-Aid Man by M Network. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I do remember. I never played it, but I do remember that. It's Come good. Out. It's simple. It's it's a really simple game, but it's good. It's fun. Yeah, um, I tell you one another game that I got. I I got. Uh, it had to be an eighty. It had to be an eighty-three. 
Star Wars Return of the Jedi. Oh, yeah. By um, uh, by Parker Brothers. Yes. And you can tell the Parker Brothers, because Parker Brothers make Cubert too, right? Correct. Yep. Yeah. Not weird shaped. Um, yeah, weird shaped cars. Somewhat similar to M Network, except they were the same. They didn't do the narrow triangle. No. And, uh-uh. they, they were the same size all the way down. Um, yeah, but I played the heck out of that Return of the Jedi one. But uh, I never liked that game very much. Um, a lot of people do. But you mentioned Cubert. I love Cubert. Yeah, I love Cubert. That was a good game. Any I like the. the- I like the arcade that when he fell off, it'd make that clicking sound. You could almost feel it on the arcade game. Yeah. yeah. Great, great. And the 2600 port, some people don't like the 2600 port of Cubert. And uh, I, I think it was a good port for the time. I really do. I don't know what people do. I understand it's not arcade perfect, but I, I thought it was a solid port. I thought Parker Brothers, I thought overall Parker Brothers did a good job. They made Frogger for the 2600, which again. Yeah, Frogger. Was, was, yeah. Not hey, made perfect, but good. And they made Popeye, uh, Stevie, for the 20th. Yep, Popeye. Hey, you remember, you mentioned Return of the Jedi. Was that, I mean, I remember the Starcade, the Star Wars arcade, Starcade, Star that, Wars arcade all, That game. also came out in 2600 by Parker Brothers. Where you're shooting the towers and stuff? Yep. Yeah. Okay. I didn't have that either. Yep. What, yeah, was that, it, what was, it was just more Return of the Jedi themed or what? It, I mean, you had... Uh, what are I the big he, the big creatures? The I don't I'm not a Star Wars guy. The big Snow Walker. What the hell? Oh, called? the one when the where he kills with the. Well, that that was the uh, Empire one. This one you had where you had to you flew around. You had the Millennium Falcon. You were flying around and, and shooting uh, shooting the Tie Fighters, and then it got you to another screen where the Death Star. You had to you had to avoid stuff. The Death Star would shoot stuff at you, but you had to keep shooting. I mean, you were you were knocking off a little bit of it at a time when you shoot. You had to keep half, moving around. Was it the half Death Star that they were building, like in the movie? Yeah, yeah. But what it was now, the first screen was you had like the shield was up, and you had to shoot all these ships until the shield went down, and it had a little hole. They had like little holes that you could, when the shield was down, you could you could uh, guide your ship through, and then you'd go to where the Death Star was. And then you try to blow up the Death Star, so it was it was fun. I mean, but you no, know, if you're not a Star Wars fan, you're not going. You're probably not going to like it. Yeah, I got Return of the Jedi and Empire Strikes Back in my collection. I just get them mixed up because I'm not a. Star yeah, the Wars Empire fan. one now, the Empire ones was the one you're talking about where it had a little dot on the on the Snowwalkers. Yep. You you kept going back and forth, and you had if you shot and hit right at that dot, they would blow them up. But yeah. You had to have a pretty good shot on that. I own both those. I do not own Star Wars the arcade. Yeah, Star Wars the arcade game. It's, I need to get it. It's it's a little. Um, it was one of the later releases for Parker Brothers. It's somewhat rare. It's a little pricey, um, and uh, I uh, I just haven't picked it up. Um, I got over three hundred games in my collection. That's just not one of them. But uh, I need to. Uh, I need to get it at some point. Um, let me ask you that with with your collection, would you? How I mean, is it just a your regular twenty seventy eight hundred is the one you have modded? Is that the one you're using to play these games? Yep. So what kind of process is that? I mean, as far as as far as that goes, I just bought a seventy eight hundred off of eBay. Uh, AtariH.com is an incredible community. There's a lot of really knowledgeable people up there. I talked to a uh, I posted said uh, anybody uh, up here uh, they can mod my seventy eight hundred. And I got a message from a couple guys. I verified a dude in Ohio. 
and uh, he uh, I sent it to him. He modded it uh, for uh, I think thirty bucks and sent it back to me. You know, I paid the shipping there back, and that was pretty much it. Uh, he uh, he added AV ports to it, and um, obviously with modern televisions, makes it a lot easier to play um, with the with the AV connections. But that's what I use um, my collection between three and four hundred games. I uh, the 7800 library, which I want to complete at some point, um, is only about 50 games in the entire library. Right. And I, I have about 40 of them. And then the rest are all 2600 games. So yeah, I'm, look, I'm looking at a list of, of games, trying to refresh my memory on some of this stuff. There's one called Pepsi Invaders. Pepsi Invaders is incredibly rare. Um, if you have a copy of that, you got some money. That's uh, I don't know. I, I haven't kept up with prices recently, um, but that's probably if it's unboxed, probably a three to five hundred dollar game box, probably wow. fifteen hundred. A special version of Space Invaders commissioned by Coca Cola. I see what it's talking Yep. Yep. <laughs> I'll tell you now, pole position. That was a game I used to love to play. Yeah, pole position was good. Uh, I have that obviously. That's a very common game. Um Pole position two, Stevie, was the packing game on the 7800. So you had, instead of one track, you had five tracks and uh, much improved graphics. But uh, pole position was a lot of fun and a relatively good port on the 2600. And me and you were talking uh, earlier tonight when we were texting back and forth. One of my games uh, on the 2600 that uh, was Star Raiders. And that was kind of a different game for the 2600 back then. But because what and, and remind me if you do, what kind of oh, I see it now. Yes, the controller. I'm looking, I'm looking at the controller. Yeah, uh, it had a different control, like a keypad up there. I remember right. it now, and I had no clue what I was doing at first with that <laughs> controller, and I was just hitting buttons. And but it, you know, eventually, uh, eventually got to. Got to know what I was doing, and that game, like I said, that game was addictive. I spent many an hour. A very that. ambitious sports time. I never have been a fan of. To me, that's one of those games that, at the time, it was so different and ambitious. It was probably really unique and fun to you, but it doesn't hold up. Right um, now, you, you you don't want to touch it. Um, so it's not a game that I like, but I respect it for what it was trying to do at the time. Uh, we're missing some obvious ones. If you're trying to think of games, I mean, one one of the the games that you know replaced combat as a packing game was asteroids yes and uh everybody had asteroids um great line from national lampoon's vacation you got asteroids and no, my dad does sometimes <laughs> uh another game and i never played this maybe and i'm sure you have uh yars revenge that was oh yeah the yars revenge about. is um is a game that people love i i like it I think it's a good game. I don't love it. Like some people, it's like their favorite game. Um, but yeah, Yards of Vision is a very good game. Um, you know, uh, you're, you, you're behind a force field and you're trying to destroy um, this, this, this big giant bug. And it's, uh, it's, it's a fun game. Um, it's only two screens. It repeats itself over and over. But yeah, there's some people that that's their favorite game. And I will tell you this, you were talking about how disappointing Pac-Man was, but uh, and you may disagree with me on this, but they did a whole lot better job on this Pac-Man than Pac-Man on Atari 2600. Also, I'm close. Um, it came out much later. 
uh, 80, eh, Pac-Man, Miss Pac-Man came out late 82, early 83. Um, and that was great. Um, it wasn't perfect by any means. No, but it was um, a whole lot better than you, you didn't now, have. The, yes. No, it's, there's no question. The, now, if you want to play a really good Pac-Man game on the 2600 Junior Pac-Man, uh, which came out around the time of the crash, is the best Pac-Man game on the 2600. It's incredible. Um, but Miss Pac-Man was a huge step up over Pac-Man. It's not even close. Now, Miss Pac-Man is good. Um, the 7800 port of Miss Pac-Man is excellent. Uh, you would love that, Stevie. It's it's not arcade perfect, but it's it's pretty damn good. The worst. I'm looking at a list of the worst games. Right. Oh, I, what, oh, wait a minute. Somebody's put Burger Time up here on the worst game. <laughs> Burger Time on the 2600 was, great not, game. was not good. No, not on the 2600 it wasn't. No, okay, arcade, I don't on, remember the 2600. I misremember the video games. Oh, in the arcade, it's incredible. And on the yeah. NES, it's incredible. But um, that was released by M-Network. And I think Intellivision did that on purpose for Mattel because the Intellivision port is really good. And I think they intentionally put out a crap version on the 2600. Oh, okay. Um, E.T., of course, is up here. Burger Time should not be on a top. If it's a top 10, Burger Time should no. not be on there. There's it's, one ba- called, it's bad, but it's not that bad. There's one up here called I Want My Mommy. Uh, that's a rare game. Um, I can't, I've can't. i never played it. I can't comment on it. Mr. Dew's Castle. Mr. Dew's Castle is a good game. That yeah, should not that, be on the worst games list. Yeah, this is uh, DeathSparrow.com. 3D ta- Tic-Tac-Toe. Uh, yeah, that's pretty much self-explanatory. Yeah, Firefighter. Uh, I would not put Firefighter on the worst games either. Firefighter is 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 fine. I mean, it's it's not it's by iMagic. Um, they made a lot of good games. Yeah. Now they have one too that's kind of similar to this. That Towering Inferno. Yes, I somebody actually gave me that game for for Christmas one year, and I'm like, oh my gosh. That was not that great. Firefighter was better than Tower and Inferno. Firefighter yeah. should not be on a worse games list. That's 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 yeah. no. Space Jockey. <sighs> Space Jockey shouldn't be on a worse games list either. Space Jockey is just too damn easy. That's the problem with it. I mean, a toddler could beat it. Yeah. Flag capture. Very simple. Um, it was an early release. Uh, is what yeah, it is. Yeah, you, you can tell by the artwork by the artwork on the cartridge that was one of the early releases because it's an actual atari release uh, are you looking at the picture label artwork or is it the or is it just the the script there was two labels for that the the label you know it's actually on the cartridge just stick on the cartridge it doesn't show the box or anything okay so but it does it is a graphic label not just script yeah it's a okay. graphic uh bugs Bugs is bad. That's a data age game. Uh, the same company that made Journey's Escape. Uh, yeah, that's pretty bad. Yeah, and then karate. Oh yes. Oh yes. <laughs> I can tell that. That should be that should be on anybody's worst game. Karate is is effing horrible, <laughs> uh, embarrassingly bad. So Starship. Uh, I got I own a copy of Starship. Honestly, could comment on it. I haven't played it enough to, to say how bad it is. And then, uh, believe it or not, ET is not a, on, on number one up here. Firefly. Firefly's bad. Um, I'm trying to remember who made Firefly. I want to put that on Data Age also, but I'm, I, I'm not 100% sure. Let me see if it was. Uh, it's 
they came in okay this this evidently came in about mythicon and what it represents is one one of the reasons for the video game crash when you see firefly you understand trying to be the low-end guys are selling games at the price of 9.95 yeah at at grocery stores and stuff like that yeah i can tell by the look of the box here which yeah uh, there was a there was a low income game or a, low, a company that made a uh, bargain basement games at that time called U.S. Games and they get a bad rap. Um, there's some decent games by U.S. Games. Uh, Mad. I don't know if you remember the game Mad or um, oh god, I'm having a, a brain freeze right now. But there was another one uh, they came out with that was pretty good. But uh, when you talk about those bargain companies that caused the crash. U.S. Games I always thinks gets a bad rap. If you, if you want to look up some games by them, uh, that's kind of a fun topic to discuss. <laughs> I, I just uh, you're right. There were so many games because I remember, uh, you know, you get the video game magazines back then, and and then when you look at the some of the what about adventure? What, what um. I am not now. Let, let me let me be very clear when I say this. I respect adventure. I understand that adventure is a huge part of Atari's history. I understand the the appeal of adventure. I never liked it. I I, I don't like that style of game. I didn't like Zelda. It's not my thing. I don't like RPGs. It was the first ever RPG. And so it is revolutionary for its time. You better have a damn good imagination when you're playing it because some of the stuff that's supposed to be there is just like little squares and shapes. But yeah, uh, it looked like a duck. Yeah, it does exactly. Yeah, <laughs> adventure is a very in-depth game, though. Um, in terms of gameplay, you know, a lot of people love it. I, I'll tell you another game that I'm going to say, and you're going to go, "Oh yeah, uh, Berserk." Yes, um, Berserk was one that in the arcade had the voice synthesizer in the 2600. Uh, pretty good port. A lot of people love Berserk. You hit the wall and you would fry. Um, that's one that everybody loves. You remember, you know, the whole video game craze was so so big back then. Of course, I know you guys remember Pac-Man Fever, Buckner Garcia uh, did the album. And they did, a, uh, Berserk was one of the songs. I think it had, what was it? Frogger was one. Berserk. Asteroids. It did one on Asteroids. Of course, Donkey Kong. Do the Donkey Kong. Yeah. yeah we'll, have to, we'll have to do an album review on that. For long. Love Donkey Kong, by the way. Twenty six hundred. Yeah, Don- Donkey Kong. I remember. I got that for a birth. One of my birthdays had the white. It was uh by Kalika. Yeah, white cartridge. Yep. And uh, not yeah. not a great port on the twenty six hundred. No. Um, seventy eight hundred port is really good. The NES port is good. I'm a huge fan of the game in general. I'm really good at Donkey Kong. That's one of the games I kick anybody's ass at in terms of getting a high score. I'm looking looking at some of the. It's a list up here of games. Spy Hunter, that was one I played. Yeah, Spy Hunter was good on 2600. Um, I believe, uh, Stevie, you'll find this interesting. I believe that was ported by Sega to the 2600. Um, uh, if my memory serves me correct, I want a copy. I could go look. But uh, yeah, Spy um, Hunter was a really good game. On 20. And Spy Hunter also came with its own controller. You could play it with the joystick, which most people did. But uh, if you had the the controller it came with, it gave you uh, you could make your car um, put out the 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 thing the slick stuff. You remember on the arcade how the car would 
you could drop stuff to make other cars yeah. spin out. If you had the extra controller, uh, you could do that with 500 on the 2600. Now I'm looking at this list, uh, but I don't know if this is a. a no, it never, never happened. Okay, ColecoVision games. This is one. What was the difference? Because there was a ColecoVision system too, wasn't it? Yeah. What What was the difference in what Coleco? Between um, that and Atari, because Coleco was making twenty six hundred games too. Yes, um, Coleco had incredible graphics. Um, when they came out, that was the reason the fifty two hundred was was invented to compete with the ColecoVision. Coleco has a small library. Every pretty much every game. Will, ColecoVision is good. Um, they, they weren't around long, but at the time, graphic-wise, they were revolutionary. Um, they, they by far had the best graphics out there for the time. It wasn't even close. Uh, they just had a small library. That's really – and they came out late. They came out just like yeah. two years before the crash yeah. and kind of just bad timing. But ColecoVision is a good system. Because I was looking at one of the games, and I was like, if I'd have seen this, I would, I would have had to have a Dixon Hazard game. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Never <laughs> came out for the 2600. Yeah. Uh, it said it made two two attempts to release a 2600 game. Both versions failed to materialize. There's a prototype out there, Stevie. If you really want to play it, you can play it. You can play it on um, – if you if you do any simulation, um, there's a prototype out there, unfinished Dixon Hazard game for the 2600. Okay. That might be something I have to check out. Um, because I know when I keep when I when I when this is over, I'm gonna be like, I, I forgot to ask him about this game. Well, there's so many games that you think about that should have been made. Dukes of Hazard. There's an A-team prototype. I mean, how? Yeah. Uh, oh gosh, A-team would have been great. Yeah, th there's so many obvious games that. Did they ever make a Rocky game for Atari? They did not. Uh, there was one for ColecoVision. Uh, there was one for the Sega Master System. Yeah. That that was something that fit, that would be like something that was missed too, um, but yeah. Then you uh, yeah, looking at Activision games here. There was a GI Joe game for the twenty six hundred by Parker Brothers. Uh, it's pretty good. It's a paddle game. So Transformers have one at the end for Activision. Uh, there was never a commercially released Transformers game on okay. the end of, of the twenty six hundred by Activision. Okay, yeah, because it says 86, and then it was 2007 and 2017, so that would have been a... Uh, it was on the NES. Yeah. yeah. It, was, it was actually not in America. Uh, it was released on the NES, the, what was called the Famicom in, J in Japan, with the Transformer game. Uh, never came out in America. Yeah, I mean, it, like you said, it was so many, so many developers getting stuff out there that, I mean... It, could that have been the reason for the crash? Yeah, it could have been, but not that was uh, the reason. <laughs> but I mean, I just remember there was a He-Man game. Uh, you you want to talk about stuff like that? <laughs> oh, that's exactly what we need is a He-Man game. It was a He-Man game by M Network, and it was horrible. Of course, it was a Smurfs game. I'm sure. Yeah, by Coleco, um, released for the ColecoVision and the Atari Twenty Six Hundred. Two Smurf games, actually. Um, they're both decent, good graphics. I just remember just being excited. You know, you were excited about, and it's not like that now. You were excited about games coming out because I guess anytime you went to the car to the arcade and you were like, "Oh, okay, maybe that's coming out on twenty six hundred, Which, like you said, the graphics were going to be the yeah. same. 
but you know it was it was something you didn't have to pump quarters into and you could play it right there at home but uh we'll have to bring you back on i don't know what your uh what are, i mean what other systems do you have talk about your collection you said three or four hundred at atari is that is that yeah. the only is atari the only thing you got in your collection um pretty much I, I had a large nes collection at one point i sold it um i have the nes classic mini and i have it modded with thousand games on it so that's fine for me if i want to play i have a decent sega genesis collection um but no my passion i've owned everything at some point yeah um, but i end up selling it because i don't care about it uh, the 2600 7800 is my passion and that's the majority of my collection i have uh, i have a mini arcade um one of the one-up arcades of, of um, pac-man right um, uh but yeah majority of my collection i, I own Two Atari 7800s, Atari 2600 Junior, and Atari 2600 Four Switch Ford Wood Grain, and then all those Atari games. Uh, that's definitely my passion uh, by far for uh, for video games. You and I think, see... I think we've put I think we've put uh, Warden to sleep there. I'm listening. I I'm listening. <laughs> I, I'm just kind of googling some of the games you're talking about because I'm not really quite familiar with them. <laughs> yeah, I mean, no, there's a lot of. I mean, there's so many games, man, and and. I, I will encourage anybody who has any interest in this to go to AtariAge.com. There's yeah, so many good games being put out now. I mean, the homebrews that come out now for the Atari are amazing. I mean, if some of those games would have been able to be made back in the day, there would have never been a crash. The fact, you know, the same hardware, but what they're able to do is put so much more memory now in the cartridges. You know, back then those games was 4K, 8K. You, you know, I think maybe they went up to 12K with some games. Now they can do 36K games. They can force on an Atari 2600 cartridge, and they can do so much with it. And, you know, it's, it's incredible what they can do with the same hardware. Yeah, and, and looking at – you sent me uh, some video. Yeah, Stay of, Frosty 2 is one I sent you that I think is – Yeah, that, that might be one you look on YouTube, uh, or Stay Frosty 2. Okay. And then uh, the Hero Game. Um, yeah, Hero by Activision. That that was a late release game by Activision yeah. that came out uh, 84, 85. Um, it's incredible. Graphically, gameplay. Um, in terms of original release games, I count homebrews. Hero might be my favorite game on the system. It's, uh, it's an incredible game. Because if you look at that... Uh, it was like an early NES game almost. Yeah, it does. It really did. That's the first thing I said when I saw it. I was like, "That that looks like a Nintendo game." Uh, yeah. But and yeah. it was it was a it was so sad when it came out that you know it sold okay uh, for the time, but had that had the crash never happened, I mean that game would be it'd be it would be talked about alongside Pitfall and Miss Pac Man and, and games like that. Trying to bring up, I, I would share if I could the uh, the the uh, journey escape game play up here so Warden could see that. <laughs> yeah, you do that. I think I'm going to drop off. So. What well, you already asleep on us anyway? Well, I told you guys. I mean, I I checked out kind of early, so I'm learning a lot from you guys. I I mean, you're you're you can learn a lot from a dummy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I do that every week with Stevie. Oh, you're funny. You're yeah. funny. Um, and luckily, oh, this is yes. yes. Uh, well, Stevie, see something excited, Stevie. 
when it's four minutes. I'm not going to do that to you, Warren. I'll send I'll send you the link to it. Uh, but Kyle, oh please do. Uh, before before we let you go, talk a little bit about uh, you know I've been on I've been on you guys' shows. The sports objective. You are a uh, ECU football fan, ECU sports fan. Yeah. Uh, you need to check out Kyle and and Bubba David. Uh, you and guys have Mendes, actually, you yeah, you guys have expanded to a, a freaking network since yeah. it's been a couple of years since I went on there. But you guys have expanded to like a network now. That's where we can find uh, the Sports Objective and all your other shows at. Uh, sports Objective uh, can be first of all follow us on Facebook and Twitter. Sports Objective. Uh, just type in the Sports Objective Facebook and Twitter. We're live. Our shows are always live on Facebook and archives on Facebook. And they're on YouTube. Anywhere you listen to podcasts from Apple Podcasts to Spotify, whatever, we're on there. Um, we have a whole network of shows. Uh, we have the original Sports Objective, um, which is me, Dave, Bubba, and Matt. Uh, we, we, we drop three shows a week. Uh, then Jeff Connors, former strength and conditioning coach, has oh, yeah. a show called Absolute Empowerment uh, on our network on Mondays. Uh, Matt Semenza, along with ESPN analyst and former ECU uh, tight end Jay Sunhalter, do a show every Wednesday called Sunny and Semenza where they look at college football as a whole. Um, we have several different shows. Uh, we have a whole network. I wish we could make more damn money off the network. We got about five sponsors. We need more. Um, so uh, if, you, if you happen to be listening out there and you're an East Carolina fan and uh, you own a business, uh, you probably get you some customers. So, um, <laughs> but uh, we, uh, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's a lot of fun. And um, if, if you, uh, if you're an East Carolina fan and you ain't and you ain't listening to the sports objective, you uh, you're missing out. We have a lot of great guests on. We preview yeah. games, um, so that's pretty much it. So well, yeah, Ward, I'm sorry, I'm gonna do it to you. This is gonna be uh, the preview for the uh, Journey Escape video game, the promo. So we'll we'll do that. I don't think. I don't think we'll get any copyright infringement on this, but we'll see. You may get a lawsuit from me. Data 8 presents the world's first rock video game, Journey Escape. The concert's over. Now you must help each member of Journey Escape through mobs of love crazed groupies. <laughs> Shift the Find your roadies and manager. You've got ten minutes and run time. for the escape vehicle and live to rock another day. Journey Escape for the Atari twenty six hundred from I'm escaping now. <laughs> I'm not sure that was a real commercial, but <laughs> Hey that uh that sounded like Casey Kasem. It did sound like Case K. That was the first thing I was thinking. Too. It, it did, but it just commercial just doesn't oh, seem no. real. No, no, we don't have to go back. We'll just take your word for it. I got it. I'm not. I'm just taking it. I was taking yeah. it down. Uh, but yeah, you. that you saw the gameplay on that. I do remember that you got through uh, groupies and. I don't uh, know why you did yeah. escape groupies. You yeah. never, you never, you never saw the sequel, the Journey Two, and it's when the fans try to escape. <laughs> That's what they need to. That's what they need to come up with. It's like help, this those, small help, town help, girl help those poor, poor people that were dragged to this concert with striper opening up. Oh no! Jeez, you you have no taste. I hang out with you, don't I? Well, that proves a lot, right there. Yeah. Oh, Jesus Christ. Um, but yeah, Kyle, thank you so much for hanging out with us tonight, guys. We, yes, uh, sir. It's a pleasure meeting you. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. Before we go, we, we talk some wrestling. 
Sure. Well, did you have any wrestling talk about Warden? Were you talking about wrestling earlier? We already talked about wrestling. Oh, that's right. We talked about it. You like the first stuff. 20 minutes of the show. Yeah. Somebody needs I'm their not, mother to come and put them to, and tuck them in to go to bed. To bed. Look, I'm used to long podcasts. I do a podcast with Dave Richmond and we'll go all damn night. <laughs> Dave's a good guy. Dave, uh, I remember Dave and you, when I came on the show, We, uh, I think we put Bubba to sleep that night talking about wrestling. Oh, yeah. Bubba, Bubba cannot contribute to a wrestling conversation. <laughs> He didn't say we talked for like 30, 40 minutes straight. You never heard a word out of him. Uh, one of the best podcasts ever. We had C.W. Anderson on, and um, it was nothing but me and C.W. Anderson having a conversation for an hour. Dave and Bubba were just sitting there silent. <laughs> we gotta have Kyle back on and talk wrestling. I mean, that can yeah. That. I mean, we could we could do a long show about that because yeah. Yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd love to do that, uh, whether it's talking retro wrestling or... I'll probably we'll, be more, uh, probably chime in more because I'll know more about that than I... What could be done to fix modern wrestling? I always think it's a good topic. You know, I'll, I'll say this. I will say this. WWE has improved since Triple H took back over. I, I, it's, it's oh, no not, doubt. I'm not watching it every week, but... It's watchable when I watch it. One thing I don't understand is what he's doing. You know, Vince was pushing the hell out of Austin Theory or Theory, and, and he's good. And, yeah, um, he's good. To, to but, me, that's one thing that I think Triple H has dropped the ball on is he, he's almost trying too hard not to push Theory now. Just, just to, because Vince was pushing. Yes, yes. And I think Theory's good. I think he's you, you're missing a chance there to make a superstar. Um so I since when do we since when do we cash in money in the banks on US championships though? I didn't even realize that happened. Did that happen? The, he tried to last night. Oh, uh, Rollins. I, I okay. I you know, I saw that posted on the Cold of Cornet Facebook page that they really buried theory now and they were and I didn't even look at well, it. They did like it. a they did like a triple turn. Uh what they called a triple turn. Lashley turned heel uh Rollins turned babyface then Lashley came back out and cost theory the match after he okay. cashed in and I guess he would turn back babyface uh, cashing in a money in the bank on a US title is is completely illogical why would you do that uh, so there's no logic there that's that that's bad booking by Triple H. I mean, yeah, that uh, is. That's that's a mistake there. But you know, that just you just. I mean, you just devalued money in the bank. I mean, the, correct. Well, there is, and it may be devalued even more, um, which I'm actually in favor of. Uh, they're they're talking about doing away with the money in the bank pay per view and putting it back the match itself on WrestleMania. Um, I think the money in the bank concept is played out. I think it needs to be done away with for a couple of years. Did they actually? Didn't they say Hell in a Cell that we're going to do away with that pay per view too, and just have that as a standalone match? I'm not sure that, but no, it's Elimination Chamber. I think they just need to do away with Elimination Chamber altogether. Yeah, I, I think they just. I'd rather see. That's putting a hat on a hat. I'd rather see War Games. Uh there's a rumor that they're going to have War Games at Survivor Series. I don't know if it's true or not, but uh, that is a rumor. Yeah. Um, we'll see if it happens. We should know hearing, that pretty soon. Yeah, I've been hearing it for years. I know NXT has done it uh, a time or two, but uh, the big boys, you know, in, in WWE do it. Uh, who is this 
Did you see the girl that uh, – and I can't remember her name, saved my life. She she was with uh, – came out with AJ Styles and, and Anderson and Gallows last night to kind of even up things with uh, – I didn't watch her all last night, so I, I really can't. I don't know what you're talking about. Um, are they? Are they? They're feuding with uh, the 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 dark people. And let me tell you this: what what is the name of that group? I can't even think of the name of it. Um, I can't either. Ed, Ed started that now he's not involved in it, and it's Rhea Ripley and and the Dark and, Order. Is that what they're called? No, no that's AEW. AEW. Uh, it's God. Rhea Ripley, um, uh, Eddie or uh, Eddie Guerrero. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh that priest guy and uh, damien priest yeah the the dark i don't remember what it's called dark, it, not kate it's like the the super spooky group but uh oh no I, how judgment, are they gonna coexist bray wyatt judgment day judgment day it'd be now you got bray back so you know if you know bray's you know is gonna have his own group i'm sure so you're gonna have two spooky groups in WWE. I mean, you know, it's yeah. I don't. I don't know. My, you ever heard of Maya Yim? Um, um Maya Yim, Mia Yim, um, Mia Yim, whatever. Maybe, maybe it sounds familiar. She was in WWE before. She was released in November 2021. <clears throat> but yeah. okay, I think it's Mia Yim. I believe. Um, I believe She's, I know who you're talking about. Yeah, she's the answer to Rhea Ripley. Rhea Ripley. Rhea Ripley. Yeah, yeah. I, I think Rhea Ripley's. Um, I think she's she's good. Uh, she's big. She's believable. She looks like a badass as a female. Um, I like Rhea Ripley. I think uh, I think the WWE um, has something with her, and uh, could do even more with her. I think um, I like her better than Dominic. <laughs> You know, Dominic did do a good pro, uh, one good promo recently. Um, Is that what you talked about? Ray wasn't his dad. Yes. Yeah. 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 I, I, you know, so I was kind of surprised at how well he 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 did on that because he I was like this guy's never going to be able to work the microphone. Nah, he's gotten better. Um, some sometimes it's easier to be a heel. Um, it, it just it just is. Uh, because you know it's fun to be mean. It's fun to pretend like you're a bad guy. Warden, you don't have that problem, do you? Nope. It's, it's natural talent. <laughs> I don't have to act. But yeah, we'll have to bring Kyle back on. We'll talk about uh talk about some wrestling. We'll come up with a good topic and talk about some wrestling with him one Sounds night. Good to me. All right, guys. That's gonna do it this week. I hope you guys have enjoyed uh our little trip back in time to the eighties to talk video games and you could go to the I was trying to think of the name of that toy store you were talking about in Rocky Mount. Yeah, I, I, it had I to be in Town Mall. It was probably, you know, I, I, K&K before it became KB, maybe. Yeah, I don't know. I think you're right. Yeah, but, uh, yeah, you can uh, go get your Orange Julius and uh, play <laughs> at the gold mine and uh, get your slice of pizza in the mall. Gosh, I miss those days. But uh, Very few good malls left. Um, very no. few. It's Great Greenville Mall still decent. Um, yeah, you know we live by Goldsboro, and Berkeley Mall has some stuff in it. Um, but mall—that's another good discussion to have at some point. <laughs> Malls uh, that you remember and w- what they are now, what they're like. The one in Rock Rapids, good lord, dude! 
you would if if you had ever been in it back in the eighties and see it now, oh geez, it's pitiful. gotta be better than the uh Vernon Park Mall in Kenston. Vernon Park Mall no. in Kenston literally well, I don't know. Vernon Park Mall in Kenston has one store in it, Belk. That's it. There's nothing else in the entire mall. There's there's not a Belk or anything in in the mall in Rent Rapids. I forgot I don't even I haven't been in there so long, I don't even remember what's in there now, but it's not no anything it's not a big anchor store in there, I'll put it that way. But that's it. There's the one anchor store and there's nothing else in the entire yeah. mall. It's insane. Jeez. Anyway, if you want to uh find us on Facebook, you can find us on Facebook, you can find us on Twitter, Instagram, find our Facebook groups, Warden, I'll get this right. Uh that 80s page, all things rock, hard rock and metal. And of course, you can find us at On the Fly, our Facebook group. Uh and as far as listen to us on podcasts, you can, anywhere you find your podcast at Good Pods, Pod Chaser, Apple Podcast, uh blah blah. Yeah, anywhere you find it, and then our YouTube channel. And guys, if you enjoy listening to us like you did like tonight, give us a five star review. Subscribe to our YouTube channel. That five star review helps us tremendously, gets us up to moves us up the food chain a little bit, gets us out there for more people to see. We really appreciate it. Won't take three minutes of your time, maybe not even that. Depends on how computer savvy you are. Won't even take that long, and it doesn't cost a dime. So. uh Please do that if you're enjoying a lot of a lot of you are enjoying it because the numbers are going up. So uh, please leave us a, that review, uh, Warden. You wait till you get this call from Lagrange numbers in. Kyle from Lagrange, like I said, <laughs> I know I know Mr. Matthews, Robert. He'll be uh, if we'd have went live tonight, he would have been commenting like crazy. Kyle from Lagrange. Kyle so so all right, Lagrange. okay. So we're this is this is live to tape. We're we're not live right now. No, we're not live. We're, okay. we're recording. I could have cussed a lot and just seen if you seen if you see how your editing abilities were. I appreciate that. I appreciate that. But uh Warden, any last words? No, just a pleasure to meet you, Kyle, and talked about a subject that I know that our group in the eighties love and you know, growing up with that, I, I actually learned a lot. I'm, Usually I can't shut me up, but this one got me quiet because I didn't know much about it as much as I there. So well, I'm, I, I hope I, I hope you enjoyed it anyway. Yeah, I, did. I, I do. I do want to say one other thing before I go, and I, I want to put this out there, not so much for personal reasons, but just for awareness. Uh, I'm 42 years old, and I have colon cancer, going through chemotherapy right now. I had surgery back in September. Uh, if you are a if you are a person and you are over the age of 45, your insurance will pay for you to get a colon cancer screening, go get a colonoscopy. Uh, if you have any symptoms, and no matter how young you are, younger and younger people are affected by colon cancer every day you have any rectal bleeding, don't fool around and assume it's hemorrhoids because it might cost you your life. Yes. Go get a colonoscopy. Yeah, and, and we definitely got you in our prayers, Kyle, is, is what you're going through right now. And, uh, yes, sir. Yeah. Yeah, definitely, guys, go get checked out. If you've got any of those symptoms, you need to get checked out. And even if you don't, if you're over 45, your insurance will pay for it, go get a retained one. you got colon polyps, just simply remove them, and they won't become cancer. Um, a lot of people have colon a lot of people have colon polyps walking around right now and don't know it. And uh, if this time bomb waiting to happen, just go get a colonoscopy. Right. All right. Thank you again, Kyle, for coming womp, on. Womp. <laughs> no, no, that look, that's that's something you see more and more every day all around us uh, is is cancer. And I mean, 
every time you turn around, every it's just been a lot of people yeah. that that I I know that have been uh, that are affected by it, and it just seems like it's like every week I'm hearing somebody new. So yeah. definitely uh, something you, that needs to be taken care of if you can prevent it. By all means, prevent it. Yeah, no, no doubt. Out. No doubt. And I, I, I would, you know, encourage, I don't want to get, you know, I don't, I, we, we've gone too long here. I would get into my whole personal story and really tell the whole thing, but, uh, I won't do that right now. Um, uh, but yeah, again, go, go get a colonoscopy. I, I, yeah. I would encourage anybody that if you're over 45, your insurance pay for it. If you have symptoms and you're under 45, make your doctor schedule a colonoscopy. Definitely. All right, guys, that's going to do it for this week. Uh, thank you again, Kyle, for coming on, and uh, we'll definitely have you back on again. we we got some wrestling to talk about. But uh, you guys have a great week, and we'll see you next week on the fly. See ya.